All right, man, welcome back to week three of acceptance. Uh, we're going to dive right in just to uh, cover uh, just a tidbit of where we were, that God has given us authority to accept, of course, the things that we cannot change and the, the power and the ability to change the things we can. This is the whole reason of the serenity prayer. Um, but it is um, this concept and this idea is very, very uh, thick inside of the Bible. So we thoroughly talked about the things that, uh, um, that we can choose or allow to happen. And so what we're going to talk about today is the things you should choose to not allow to happen. So just like being the doorkeeper and the gatekeeper, you can um, you can allow people entrance, you know, into uh, the home, or you could not allow people entrance into the home. This is what a gatekeeper's uh, job was in ancient days: to uh, consider people that came were they a threat, were they not a threat? Should I, should I allow them to enter, or should I not? And the reality is, is that we we have the authority to be the gatekeeper. And that is that we, we permit, we choose and allow most of the things that take place inside of our lives. Now, not in 100% fashion because those go to the things, once again, that you cannot control. But we're focused on the things that you can control today and understanding that there are some things that you should not allow to happen inside of your life, okay? Uh, that being said, uh, Jesus showed us the ultimate example of this when he was filled with indignation and he looked and beheld the temple and the money changers that that uh, turned it into a house of merchandise right and turned it into a den of thieves and he become he he was furious about the situation that was taking place and he allowed that uh, uh fury to begin to motivate him into positive action to actually do something about it and so this is the mindset and the belief system that I'm talking about here, that there is a, a righteous indignation and there is a fury that can happen inside of us that says, you know what, I'm not going to permit or uh, to allow this to take place. And so we've seen the temple and he came in there and he disrupt things, right? We know that Jesus was a disruptor and he's seen the religious elite taking advantage of the system and using the people as commodities for their own advantage. And he says, you know what? This is not going to take place. I'm not going to allow or to permit this to happen. And so we see that same power and that same gumption, but we have to understand that that is the authority that we have. And until we get a little bit of fury, until we get a little bit of anger, we might allow and permit things to happen, but that anger is meant to be a, um, an indicator to us that some injustice and something wrong is taking place. And for us to stand up and say, you know what? I refuse that allow to take place inside of my life. And that is the authority that you have. There are things going on inside of your life that are going on because you have allowed and permit them to happen. And it's only you rising up and saying, you know what, I'm going to rise in my authority and say, you know what, not here. This is not going to happen here. This is not going to happen here. This is not going to happen in here inside my heart. And so really grasping this, uh, this truth and reality will empower us in accepting uh, uh, this, this authority that has been given us. So we know that let means to allow to happen and let means to give permission or to give approval to, and let means to give official, uh, green light power and authority to, 
and that it means to actually to make it possible. So the reality of the gospel is this, is that Jesus says, you know what? I stand at the door and I knock. I want you to hear this truth, okay? I stand at the door and knock. He, God, stands at the door and knocks. And if any man will open up to me, I will come and I will dine with him and he with me. And so this is the reality of what God has created. This is what he sovereignly chose to manifest and that he is knocking. And it is our responsibility, of course, to open the door. It's our responsibility to allow or to permit him uh, to, to come in and have this relationship and to come and dine and all this stuff. That's the way God has sovereignly chosen to work. Now, he chose it this way because what relationship can happen by force? And what relationship thrives upon control? I want you to think about this inside of a marriage relationship. If all you wanted was control and all you cared about was having your way, what kind of relationship would you really have? And so for God, they, they make them put on this mindset and this belief system and it's just grotesque and you can't even, you can't even fathom that. Uh, it doesn't even happen inside of sinful men, right? But yet we're going to portray that, that idea upon God. So here he is. He's standing at the door and knocks. And if we open to him, uh, he will come and dine with us. This is God's responsibility to knock. And our responsibility from there is to hear the knock and to open up and respond. And we must understand that this is the truth that must take place inside of our lives. This is a truth that you need to accept to live in any sort of victorious, uh, uh, empowered life. Is that this is the reality. Is that God has knocked. And that means that God has done his part and he has provided and he has done all these wonderful things. But it's up to us on whether we're going to respond to his invitation. And that is the invitation to a great marriage, the invitation to a holistic mindset in a belief system that is empowered and that works for you. And this relationship and this connection with God, the invitation has been given. Now, whether we're going to rise up and stand in that authority is another thing. This is what Jesus said. This is not what Tim says, <laughs> right? This is not the word of Tim. I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose in earth will be loosed in heaven. And what we understand the key is, the key is to what? A door, Right? And what he's saying is what you have the key, you have the authority. Now, what you allow and permit to happen is what is going to be permitted in your life. Now, what you disallow or dis, uh, or what you not don't permit to happen will not uh, uh, take place inside of your life. And so it's so important to really grasp this truth is that when he said, let us make man in our image and let them have dominion. And he says, behold, I give you authority to trample and tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, that there has been a transfer of delegated responsibility. 
And that is, is that it's not God's responsibility to cause you to overcome. That he has already provided and has already defeated the enemy and has already did everything that he could possibly do for us to begin to walk in victory. But what it takes is us believing and recognizing it and receiving our authority and beginning to walk inside of that. So here's the truth. You can allow things into your life or you could not allow things into your life. And this, this constant thread is throughout the entire Bible, entire Bible. Okay. So starting here at John 14, one, it says this, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You believe in God, believe also in me. Now, this is Jesus saying, let not your heart be troubled. And remember, let means to allow it to happen, to give permission and to give the green light. So when he says, let not, he is saying that is in you, within your realm of capabilities. It's in your realm of choice um, that you can allow your heart to be troubled or you can not allow it to be troubled. The choice is simply up to you. Now this word trouble means to, you know, to stir, it means to disturb and to take away the quietness and the peace of it, right? It means to shift the location of something and to cause it to budge from its fixed position. And what we need to understand is this, is that our heart can be disturbed or not disturbed. Our heart could be agitated or not agitated. Our heart could be troubled with feelings of fear and despair, or it could not be. And the major clause in this is whether we allow or permit it to happen or not. You see, I happen to believe that words have meaning and most often time I refer back to the literal translation of what the words mean and less identified otherwise. And so when he was saying that don't allow your heart to be troubled, it is within your realm and your responsibility to begin to uh, have power inside of that. And so you look at maybe your uh, inside of your frame, your family, faith, fitness, and finance and say, you know what? Um, is my heart troubled, you know, inside of my marriage, inside of my relationship with my children? Uh, am I causing or allowing this to take place? Uh, look inside of my faith. Am I agitated? Am I frustrated? Am I discontent? Am I disturbed? Uh, why am I allowing this to happen and to take place? It might be inside of our body, right? Where, where we have certain actions and behaviors that are getting us certain consequences in our life, right? We're drinking 200 ounces of soda. Uh, and we're having all this sugar and all this different stuff. And we're feeling like crap and, and all this uh, agitation, disturbedness is going on inside of our body. And the question we have to ask ourselves is why are we allowing this or permitting this to take place? The same thing with our finances, like they're inside of our frame whether we're agitated or disturbed or not is whether we give the green light to these things to begin to take place 
or we stop and resist and put our foot down and say, you know what, this is not going to happen. I view it much like your household and the way that you run your family as a man. And there are certain things that are taking place inside of your household that you don't want to take place. And I can guarantee you that for the most part, once again, this is the realm inside of your control, you are allowing that or causing that to take place. And you either are allowing it or causing it by giving the green light or saying that you're okay with this, or you're demonstrating that you're okay with it because you're not standing up in protest against it. Like we need to get this really, uh, this powerful gumption inside of our life that says, you know what, I'm not gonna allow this to happen. I'm not gonna allow this to happen to my mind. The things that are taking place in the warfare and the detrimental things that got me into some sort of mental funk and mental uh, uh, instability, that's not going to happen. I'm going to put my foot down. This disturb and agitatedness that are taking place inside of my relationships, uh, they are going to happen no more. And I'm going to stop causing and allowing these things to take place. You see, this brings uh, uh, authority. It brings responsibility. It brings us out of the realm of making excuses. And it brings us into this powerful uh, reality of recovery that we want to live in. So it's up to us whether we allow it or not. And so I'm going to move on. Uh, Paul says this in Romans 6, let not. There's that word again. We're going to find it uh, throughout this whole study. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it and its lust thereof. Now this word uh, reign in your mortal body actually uh, translated to rule as a king. And that is to have authority and dominion over you. And so let not sin rule as a king and have authority and dominion over you. And what is the application here is that you are to rule as a king over it and have it subject and in authority and under your dominion. And that is that you wouldn't yield to its influence, that it would yield to your influence. And that we would come out of this realm of thinking that we have to obey our impulses and the sinful nature that makes all of these propositions to us to think that we're stuck uh, having to yield is uh, a very detrimental belief system. And so what I'm supplying you today is a mindset and a belief system that gives you the authority. And this is the same mindset and belief system that the apostle told these people. He said, let not sin reign. That is what he was saying. Stop permitting and allowing sin to rule as a king in your life because you have a choice to whether it rules and reigns or not. Now, I brought this up uh, many times uh, in my life, and people can't handle this truth. Uh, it's hard for them to grasp, right? They think that uh, man doesn't have a choice whether he should sin or not. And if that is the case, then we are victims uh, with a capital V and in a very uh, uh, weak state. Now, if we think that the, the gospel doesn't give us power and authority, I'm not sure what kind of gospel we actually believe in. So this gospel that I'm talking about in this power for recovery and for discipleship gives you the power and the ability not to sin if you don't want to. Let not sin reign in your mortal body. 
don't permit or allow this to happen anymore. And so as we learn to rise inside of our authority and to what God has given us, we begin to display uh, fruit and better results. Now we can choose and decide whether we want sin to reign or not. And the choice is definitely ours. So are we going to listen attentively to sin and conform to its demands? Or are we going to rise up in our authority and say, you know what? Sin is going to be submissive to me. And that is that I am going to rule and reign over this. Because I am meant to rule and reign with Christ. If the gospel doesn't affect our choices and our decisions, what kind of gospel do we have? All we have is a gospel of mercy that just relies on the mercy of God. And I love the mercy of God. I need the mercy of God. Uh, when I fail and falter and I make mistakes, I need mercy. Uh, but what I'm talking to you about here is an authority and a power that makes you not need mercy quite as much. Because what that means is that you're not falling repeatedly over and over, but you're actually trusting in the grace and the authority of the gospel. And that'll cause you to begin to make a walk and to make forward progress. So sin inside of your frame. What's that? So sin's definition is this, is to fall short of the glory of God. And we fully know that this means to fail to meet the standard and to fail to measure up. Uh, the Bible gives us a definition of sin. And the second definition is that sin is a transgression of the law. And so sin is a, a lawlessness against what God has uh, said and spoken over your life uh, that you're going to decide to do it your way. Like Frankie said, right? I did it my way. And so uh, uh, sin inside of our frame. Now we can allow, permit and allow sin to reign inside of our marriage. And we do this, uh, we permit and allow sin to reign inside of our intimate relationships by consuming pornography, okay? We allow and permit this to take place when we settle for a false sense of intimacy, a counterfeit intimacy. And we allow and permit things to happen when we begin to entertain lustful thoughts and begin to desire other women, right? And we allow and permit this to take place. We are not victims in the sense of that we didn't make a choice. Now you look at uh, David's sin with Bathsheba and he seeing her uh, there naked and bathing and, and uh, desiring for her and let lust build up. At any moment of time, David could have made a different decision. At any moment of time, he could have got uh, some clarity and made a different choice. But even more so us who have the gospel and who have the spirit of God reigning on the inside of us, we even more have the power and the ability and authority uh, to begin to make uh, uh, powerful choices inside of our frame. So sin inside of our frame is looking at the different areas of our life and knowing that uh, I'm not re reaching my potential in this area, that I'm falling short of the glory of God. Now that reality should lead us to, of course, brokenness and understand, you know what, I, I, I honestly don't have uh, the ability. Um, and that brings us to the place of understanding that he does have the ability. I can't, should go over into he can. 
And I want to stress the importance of that because a lot of men, they just, they just camp out and I can't. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do that. And most of the time they're right because, you know, <laughs> these uh, supernatural things and that God has called us uh, to do obviously can't be accomplished by our, uh, by our own natural talents and abilities. This is what is meant not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord, right? And so we need to understand that I can't needs to lead to he can't and that we're not meant to uh, soak in the pit of I can't. Uh, if that is the case, then uh, we're going to be all men most miserable. And we're not going to have any victory. We're not going to have any power in our life because we're stuck and I can't. Uh, we need to really recognize that he can. So uh, next one, uh, 1 Corinthians 3.18. Let no man deceive himself. If any among you seems to be wise um, in this world, let him become a fool that he may become wise. And so this one is a self-deception and mental paradigms. Like we don't often think that we're in control <coughs> of these areas of our life. When he says, let uh, no man be deceived, let no man deceive himself. He's talking about you personally, that, that you shouldn't allow yourself to come in a form of self-deception. And that if you see other people in this form of self-deception, that you should rise up in your authority and not allow them to be, uh, you know, inside of this deception also. And we have the authority to do that. Uh, number four, uh, Galatians 6.19. And let us, and let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we will reap if we faint not. And so this scripture is all about not allowing yourself to be weary. Not allowing yourself to sink down into the pit. Not allowing yourself to go into that funk and into that despair. Knowing this, that in due season, in the right season, we will reap a harvest if we do not faint. Now, this uh, reality became very true for me when I'm, I'm, you know, we're planning on having our own property one day. And um, I want to plant a bunch of apples. Uh, I love apples. I eat an apple every day. It keeps the doctor away. And so um, looking into researching on how to uh, accomplish this, like how, how, what's the process? This is, this is how my mind works. And so going through the process of what it takes to uh, produce uh, from beginning to the time you first pull the apple off the tree <laughs> is eight years, okay? This is the eight year process if you want apples. And the Spirit of God began to speak into my life and to begin to, for me to know and understand there are things, there's awesome realities, there's awesome fruit that I want to take place in my life, okay? And in due season, I will reap if I don't give up, if I refuse to surrender, if I refuse to submit, if I step up, right? And go through the process one day, uh, there will be an apple in my hand from my own tree if I'm willing to go through the process. And this is what we need to understand inside of our spiritual life, that there are things uh, inside of your marriage that you want. Uh, There's some awesome, amazing fruit and results that you want to take place. Um, but there is going to be a process and that we are going to have to begin to understand that we're going to make deposits inside of that area and we're going to have to continue to make deposits. 
we're going to have to water and we're going to have to nurture and the seeds that we have planted will grow into a harvest of productivity and results in some future date. But a lot of times we want the results now. We think that we can make one positive deposit inside of our relationship and think it's going to be thriving. Not understanding that this whole idea and this whole mindset is I'm going to continue to make deposits and I'm going to continue to make investments and that I'm going to reap a harvest in due season if I don't give up. Now this happens in every single area of our life. The seeds that we sow today could manifest six to eight years from now. The seeds that we sow inside of our financial life may not come to fruition for two, three, four, five years. I don't know. God planted a seed of entrepreneurship like 10 years ago inside of me through a, a magazine that said, hey, you want to start your own side business. And now all of a sudden, you know, uh, it's manifesting in a more abundant harvest in my mindset in going into my 40s. I'm not there yet, but going into my 40s, uh, it has yielded a lot more productive and produce results than it did in my 30s. And this is the reality that the seeds that we are planting uh, can definitely be for a harvest in a much future date. And the temptation is to give up. And the reality is, is that we can allow and permit that to happen or not. We can decide because we're not seeing the results that we would like. We could say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. And I've had multiple different times and different thoughts like that. You know, I've been at this. Uh, for three or four years, you know, in some realm or another, and I'm just now seeing results. I'm just now seeing results inside of people listening to the podcast. I'm just now seeing results inside of men that want to uh, connect and, and build and center their lives around Jesus Christ. And I'm just now experiencing these kind of results that, uh, that are beginning to have momentum forward. But I had a lot of times where it's like, you know what, I just want to give up. Like, uh, this is not in any way beneficial. Men just aren't willing to invest in their lives. I mean, they'll, they'll invest, you know, $7 a day in some coffee, but they won't invest uh, $20 inside of their spiritual life. And those thoughts come in and say, you know what, in due season, we'll reap a harvest. And that is a, an overwhelming support uh, for this ministry in some future date if I refuse to give up. And so are you going to allow or permit this to happen? So you have areas in your life that you want better, right? Areas inside of your frame um, that you want to reap a harvest. And the encouragement is this, is that uh, let not yourself be weary in well-doing. And that is you can allow and permit this to take place or not. If you're not convinced, I got some more for you. Okay, don't worry. Uh, moving on. Uh, Ephesians 4.26 says this. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. So like I said, words are significantly important. And when I look at these words is that, you know, I am to be angry and sin not. 
and this is an this is an admonishment giving to me now would this take place if i didn't have the authority to actually carry this out you see he uh paul here he's talking to believers he's talking to empowered believers that he called earlier you know uh, uh beloved and accepted and all these different things and he's under the full assumption that they have the ability to let not the sun go down on the wrath right and that they fully have the ability to not give place to the devil and this is the authority on which i am talking about now i can permit and allow the sun to go down on my wrath and that is that i can go to sleep angry and frustrated right and i can allow myself to do that i can also give place to the devil and that is i can fail to take my responsibility and i can give green light uh, for Satan and his mindset and his belief systems to come inside of my life. And I can give place to the devil, right? I can do that. And this is why Paul said, you know what? Uh, let us, let not, don't allow or permit the sun to go down on your, your wrath. And don't allow or, or give any room or give any place for evil inside of your life. And we do this all the time. And if you don't get anything from this, get this. Stop allowing some of these things to take place in your life. By the people that we allow inside of our lives that are so negative and so filled with drama. Like whenever we get connected with those people, all the only thing that comes out is drama. Drama. And they all, the only thing they cause is all of these uh, different feelings of frustration, all these different things. And I ask you, why are you causing and allowing and or allowing that to happen? Because if we're not the cause, we're often the gatekeeper. And that is sometimes we don't cause things to happen, but we allow and permit them to happen by our choices and by our mindset. So where in your frame are you giving place and that is allowing sin allowing temptation allowing all these things to begin to rule and reign i want you to think about this for a moment what does a marriage look like where sin reigns what does a marriage look like where sin reigns uh, lack of trust uh, no communication uh, fake intimacy uh, where sin reigns, you know, the both equally uh, allow pornography inside of the marriage and uh, allow all these uh, different uh, kind of toys and, and allow all this different stuff that begins to take place and, and it begins to erode at the trust. And all of a sudden, you know, things begin to fall apart and the outcome of these things is uh, highly detrimental. You know, there's nothing different uh, between watching somebody on a screen and peeking through a window. And what we got to understand is this, is that, you know, would you as a couple go through, uh, peek through your neighbor's window and watch them? And, you know, there's a lot of uh, 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 pervert status uh, uh, correlated with that. Uh, but we don't apply the, the pervert status uh, to some of the things that we are allowing and permitting to take place inside of our marriage. What does sin uh, look like when it's raining inside of your faith? 
And that is you're just constantly weighed down with all these sins, right? Shame, guilt, regret. All of a sudden you begin to question your salvation. Uh, you believe that, uh, that God uh, hates you. He doesn't love you. He doesn't accept you anymore. And he's, you know, this close uh, from kicking you out of the family and giving you the boot, right? That's what it looks like when sin reigns inside of your faith. What does it look like when sin reigns inside of your body? Like you're not drinking uh, enough water, you're not eating vegetables and fruits and and uh, all of these different things and you're pounding monster energy drinks and, and, and drinking uh, alcohol and all of these things that are taking place inside of your body. What does that lead to? Right? I know personally, it led me to kidney stones, right? It led me to uh, alcoholism and a lot of pain and and uh, having withdrawals all the time and just you know this overall very negative negative experience when sin was reigning inside of my health and my nutrition lastly what does sin look like when it's raining inside of your finance your bank account right sin uh, is a destructive force and it's much like leaven and that is that if it's allowed and permitted to enter it'll permeate the entire area of your life if sin is allowed inside of your marriage and you permit and allow it, uh, soon enough, little by little, piece by piece, the deterioration process will begin. And the same thing that happens in our faith, if we allow this to permit and allow to take place, then it, 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 it will gain in there. And it will begin to cause a decay and a destruction inside of that area of your life. So, bottom line, what are we talking about here? Are you going to allow sin to reign inside of these areas of your life? Or are you going to stand up and say enough is enough? And that I truly believe that I am empowered by the Spirit of God and that I can, I can begin to manifest self-control inside of my life. And I can begin to make awesome, powerful decisions that bring me amazing, beneficial results. I can. Are we going to believe that? Are we going to rise in our authority? Or we're we going to take on the victim mindset that this is, I have no choice. This is determined for me. They come up with all these fancy little doctrines that says it's God's will for you to sin, right? And that if you sin, it's because God willed it. And the reality is, is that you sin because you willed it. And that is that you allow the desire to begin to fester inside of your heart. And when that lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it's finished, brings forth what? Destruction, decay, death. And so, are we going to permit this to take place? Or are we going to stand in our authority and be empowered by the Spirit of God saying, uh, not here, not in my temple. It's time for me to flip over the table. It's time for me to stand in my authority. It's time for me to take on the Spirit of Jesus Christ that says, you know what? Not here, buddy. This is not going to happen here.